Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Hey everyone, this is Tommy Cardinal and we are recording episode 24 of our podcast today. Uh, we have with us Debbie Gunter, our publisher. Hello. And Logan Lamphere, who comes on occasion every six episodes, we were just saying. And Thank he covers South Downtown for us. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for coming. And Oh, Nick, sorry, I jumped the gun. As usual, <laughs> Nick Jorgudio. Nice. I know your name now. That's great. I think we can all say your name finally. Can we? Jorgudio. Jorgudio. There we go. Oh, that's embarrassing. Everybody's looking at me and saying my name. That's really weird. <laughs> we could do a whole episode. It's a tough yeah, one. I don't think it would be very popular. No, yeah. it wouldn't. It'd make a good out, what's it called? Blooper. Outtake. Outtake. Outtakes. Yeah. yeah. You know what is popular right now? What? The YMCA that's oh. being built in the packing district. Good segue, Every, Everybody's visiting it. No, but we got to visit it. My first hard hat tour. Was uh, it your it was first really hard hat nice. tour? Yeah, it's been a while since I've worn a hard hat. You wear them when you're riding your bike? When I'm riding my bike or when I'm visiting uh, exes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just got to wear some safety equipment then. Smart yeah, man, smart man. So the, yeah, tell us about it. The new YMCA in the packing district is really nice. So uh, we got Tommy and I went out there. We met with the new executive director who is returning to Central Florida after mm -hmm. spending a while with the YMCA in St. Louis and in Seattle. So she's been with the organization for a while. But Sonia Kreider uh, is her name, and she goes by the nickname Coach because mm -hmm. she played a lot of basketball when she was younger, and she coached basketball as well. But she actually worked for Universal, for Disney, and for the Orlando Magic uh, before joining OCPS. So she worked for uh, the Orange County Public School System as the Dean of Students, and then joined the YMCA, traveled around, and is now back. Oh, wow. I bet she's happy to be back in Florida. After. I think so, yeah. So we'll do an interview with her for next month's uh, issue uh, because Love I want to get to know her a little bit better. But one of the really interesting things about the Y and the packing district that I thought was nice was you can kind of see the evolution of the building over the initial drawings and plans to what is now uh, mm -hmm. going on. But what Coach Kreider said is that the uh, like the floor plan might be done, but everything, all the equipment that's going in there is not necessarily 100% set yet because they're still having conversations with the community on, well, what are the needs of this area? What are the needs of our people? Ah. Um, and what are the needs of the community? So before buying all the equipment and the bikes and the... Uh, you know, the barbells and all that, they're looking around at what the need is, and then they'll do that appropriately. I think another thing that's interesting about the building itself is its location next to, it'll be right next to a public park that they're building. It is going to be like a fitness, like a hub, basically mm -hmm. is what they're calling it. The new YMCA Tennis Center is being built. Uh, not uh, YMCA, Orlando sorry, Tennis City Center. of Orlando Tennis Center yeah. is being built right next door. And those a are... A hundred acre park uh, with a two acre dog park. And there's a lake and yep. they're building... 
townhouses on the lake and also there is there one more building that's going to be a brewery they said i think i can't remember if it's that but they're going to repurpose one of the buildings over there and turn it to a brewery and food hall i can't it's close but i don't know if it's in the same exact location so that whole corner that the ymca is going to be on has a wide array of uses yeah well, and I think Four Roots is going to be right there, too. Mm-hmm. I think, are they across the street? Or are I'm they not going to sure. Be yeah, it's okay. so hard to tell where everything's going to be right now. But then once it's done, it's going to be amazing. So exciting. I can't wait. I love the Y. I go to the Y this morning, as a matter of fact. So it'll be great to pop over to this new one after yeah. work. And the building is impressive. The It's Very nice. two stories and it has the... Uh, the support beams, the metal support beams are shaped like Ys, yep. which was very creative. And it's just a good looking building. And it's going to be called the Leonard and Marjorie Williams because of a gracious donation. Mm-hmm. And when is it supposed to be finished? Nick? Uh, this fall. So uh, fingers crossed September, but probably by October. And they'll be in College Park on Edgewater sharing a sales office with Toll Brothers who are selling the townhouses. So the YMCA will be in there so people can see a little bit more, get a little bit of a virtual tour of the YMCA before it's open. So can they go there and sign up for memberships as well? They will be able to, yeah. So it's not open right now, but as soon as it is, we'll let everybody know. Awesome. It's exciting. It should be great. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about in the YMCA area for the new tennis center. They right now the city of Orlando's tennis center is in Paramore, but they're moving it over to the new packing district. And I'm excited for a new set of tennis courts. They're going to have clay courts as well as hard court. And you can't find clay courts at many places. They have them at the USTA over in Lake Nona. And they did have clay courts at the Paramore tennis center, but new and improved it's going to be great. And more here. probably too, right? More yeah, courts. I think there's more courts. more courts. And where the old tennis center is now, they're building new uh, affordable housing as part of uh, Creative Village's phase two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can read all about uh, phase two of Creative Village on our website by searching Creative Village. And it's part of the city's efforts to increase housing overall. Um, so, I mean, you've heard of all the different apartment complexes coming and one that made news at city council recently was where the parliament house used to be there oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's been demolished and is an empty lot now and they have approved uh more apartments for that parcel as well as i think next door the the development company owned that as well so it'll be a pretty big project i think it's going to be over 300 units oh wow is that yeah. affordable housing as well no that's just regular regular apartment. Okay. regular apartment i think it'll be market rate and mixed use with some businesses too yeah over twenty thousand square feet of retail on the ground floor so that's, oh, that's nice oh, wow. yeah. that's really nice i think there might be one big i think some of it's going to be used for the leasing center and all that mm-hmm. and um, there's going to be a pool and everything but uh, it's going to be a lot of room for retail and 300 units and the parliament house is living on in downtown haven't heard word about an opening date yet where city arts used to be Mm -hmm. they're going to be moving into there so it's good that parliament house is moving uh, living on and that the former location is getting good use because we definitely need housing Definitely. That's one thing that happened at city council. Another thing they address, there were two meetings in January. One of the meetings, they were really focused on improving the safety 
of downtown Orlando at night, Mm -hmm. specifically in the Orange Avenue corridor, that area. This effort sort of started last May after there were two shootings and both resulting in deaths, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And they passed four things at the January City Council meeting. They did a a million dollars for additional OPD and code enforcement presence. They started an incentive program for businesses in downtown to install security cameras and ID scanners. Oh, nice. In May, they passed a speaker moratorium, which means they stop issuing permits for speakers to that are directed toward the city rights of way mm-hmm. because the city's main goal was to decrease what they called the street party atmosphere mm-hmm. they were uh, it was a lot of people not really going to businesses they were just hanging out on the street and partying okay and so they they really wanted to they, they thought that that was bringing on more violence mm-hmm. and they also did a community violence intervention initiative where they have something called neighborhood change agents Hmm. they have this whole program the police department has a whole problem where they have people who they think are at the most risk for violence Mm -hmm. and they have like a list of these people and they're going to refer them to the neighborhood change agents and the neighborhood change agents their whole idea is to de-escalate violent situations so are these neighborhood change agents it's a, a they haven't hired them yet it's they just passed the initiative to but i mean are they going to be police officers are they going to be like mental health do you know well not mental health but not not police officers mental health but just people that are respected in the community okay gotcha who are working with the police to help de-escalate and uh lessen violent activities and whatnot it's part of a whole study that the National Institute of Criminal Justice Reform did. There's been similar programs in other cities, and they've been studying that, and it had good results, so the city of Orlando is trying it out, too. And that sort of ties into what you were talking about, the mental health workers. Mm -hmm. They have mental health workers responding to some 911 calls, which is another thing that the city did. That was following the George Floyd protests. Okay. But this was sort of a way to help with uh, violence downtown shootings in particular. So the city really took it seriously after last May and they passed a wave of things at the last meeting. You can read much more about that. And there's a link to that National Institute of Criminal Justice Reform report. So what else happened at city council? Well, the city entered into an agreement with Orange County where they're taking control of portions of Virginia Drive, Forest Avenue, and Corinne Drive. Oh, I'm so glad. So the, the county owned those. Mm-hmm. And they, those were sort of fell into disrepair. Big time. Not sort of. Big time. <laughs> it, I mean, And they're lar- it's a large road. And I was talking yeah. to, I called Patty Sheehan after, and she was saying that the reason that that road is so large is that it acted as like a road that where they could bring missiles in to the Air Force Base. Oh, oh yeah. that makes sense. So the it's just a small road. Mm-hmm. Where, where it's not really a busy thoroughway, but they are. It's seventy five feet wide at places, wow. mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. they want to make it into that. That's a lot of room to work with. You could make bike paths that are separated from the street. Mm-hmm. That's you what could, they need. You could do a median. Right now, it's just seventy five feet wide of just concrete and it's broken up concrete <laughs> lots yeah, of yeah. potholes and 
It never terrible. occurred to me because it is, it's got parking, it's got parallel parking, it has a median, a turn lane in the middle, plus two lanes on each side. So it's a, it's essentially a seven lane it's huge. street. It's yeah. huge. I went over there just to take a picture and I, it's something you don't really notice until you're like, oh, well, she was telling me that the city had always wanted to do improvements and the, they were pushing the county to do so. Yeah. Cause Baldwin park is over there. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense. And that's a, well, that's a big corridor into Baldwin Park. Yeah, and it's not a busy, busy street, but people do drive on. Well, it, a it lot, can, so. and it can, it does get pretty busy. And unfortunately, like if you're riding your bike on one of the trails, like the Urban Trail, if you <laughs> want to go like from the Urban Trail over to the Katy Way Trail or another trail mm-hmm. off in Baldwin Park, there's no safe way to get there. I mean, you're, you know, they have this parallel parking, and then the car is just speeding by, and you're just, it's really scary. Yeah. The so the the county owned it and the city was pushing them to do repairs, but the county was like, "Well, it's in city territory, it's in mm. city boundaries, so that's not what they prioritize as a county. They prioritize the roads in the county that aren't incorporated into a city." Gotcha. So it sort of fell into disrepair, but the city has now taken ownership of it, and it should lead to probably a drastic redesign of those three roads mm-hmm. it, it's not all of virginia drive it's not all of forest and not all of corinne mm-hmm. but it's that portion right there that borders what was the park i can't remember the lou gardens lou gardens mm-hmm. yeah and i mean the the house that was on the corner where virginia turned to forest mm-hmm. that house had gotten hit by cars mm-hmm. multiple mm-hmm. times and so many times that the own the previous owners of the house and start and had to install guardrails Really? Because people just kept driving into it at night. Wow. So it's definitely much needed. And it's so exciting. And good luck crossing it as a pedestrian. Yeah. 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 No places. kidding. Yeah. So that's welcome news. We can't wait to see how that progresses. And speaking of roads, Logan did a full story on how Griffin Park, the housing project that's right there next to I-4 and the 408 ramp. Uh, they, The Florida Department of Transportation is constructing a road that'll connect Griffin Park to Paramore and Holden Heights. And the city at the most recent city council meeting uh, put another $100,000 toward those repairs to do drainage improvements and shaded trees. But I would love for Logan to talk about that whole project and the history behind it when we come back from commercial. Sounds great. If you need a little pick-me-up, a little more pep in your step, go to your podcast provider and subscribe to Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick. Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick comes out every weekday, five times a week, and every episode is less than 10 minutes. Perfect for your ride to work, or from work, or near work. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are going to find out a little bit more about a story Logan wrote for the in the January edition um, that's getting a lot of engagement on our website. Yeah, as as Tommy was saying, the uh, Griffin Park neighborhood in Holden and Paramore is being reconnected to uh, its the rest of its neighborhood. And this is another city streets project with FDOT involvement. Uh, it's called the Hicks Avenue Extension, which 
doesn't really capture the true meaning of this. And this is a story I'm, I'm really passionate about. I do hope a lot of residents read about this because this is something that's going to help shape the future of downtown Orlando, especially on that west side of I-4 for the next several decades. So uh, just a quick jaunt back in time. This Griffin Park neighborhood was a low-income housing project built in 1940, and it was earmarked for for black residents. It had a sister neighborhood called Reeves Terrace over in the La Sona Fern Creek neighborhood. Um, obviously, we know I-4 was built uh, and it kind of ripped through the downtown area and a lot of that uh, area where I-4 was built had been historic black Paramore, but it didn't stop there. And this was, of course, a trend nationwide. The 408 was later built and took out large neighborhoods uh, between Thornton Park and uh, Lake Davis and Cherokee, uh, and then also in the Griffin Park area. And people may remember that awful interchange between mm -hmm. the 408 and I-4, and you had to circle around. And, well, you were actually circling around this housing development, Griffin Park. Yeah, and there was, a, uh, there was a pretty scathing article by the Huffington Post, which sort of highlighted it, that it got national attention, this mm -hmm. article, where, where it was talking about how the freeway, freeway ramps really encircle just that housing project yeah and it's three busy roads right right non-stop bumper to bumper traffic mm -hmm. in many cases and their health levels in that neighborhood were not good uh, they were monitoring some particulate matter uh through the air quality and and yeah not a good situation so um i don't know if this story helped move along our our uh, city fathers, but uh, here we are, it's been removed, and that helps reunite this neighborhood. So two sides. One of, one of the ramps. So the, the right. I-4 ramp and the 408 ramp are still there, but that loop exactly that sort of yep. encircled Griffin Park has been removed. Yes. So there's still two Ramp, two high, two busy highways next to the Griffin Park housing right. project, but it's one less where it's not Yep. A little bit relief. So instead of on four sides, now only two sides. And those two sides are have been elevated somewhat as well. That, that should theoretically help too. But the bigger story here then is the rebuilding of the street grid. That street grid used to be there before the expressways were built. And so this Hicks extension will come down from Paramore into the Griffin Park neighborhood and, and Holden and reconnect to Gore. But then also the cross streets will be there. And this is going to open up a lot of land for private development where new housing, new businesses could be rebuilt there where there used to be some. And so uh, this is going to really set the stage for long-term transformation. And this is something we're seeing across the country, actually, the tearing down of expressways in the middle of downtowns. Really? Yeah. It, at first, it might seem, seem counterintuitive. How will people get to downtown? Well, people are living downtown now. Mm -hmm. They don't uh, there's not as much of a need for the expressways to ferry people out from the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially the 408, when you think about this going through neighborhoods like Thornton Park and Lake Davis, 
how many homes were torn down and how many people did those houses house and what would the value of those houses be today i don't think you could build an expressway through neighborhoods like that today but at the time you needed them so that the folks out in waterford lakes or windermere could commute into the downtown well this will be one step towards getting people to live closer to downtown so they won't need to commute by the expressways that's great i think it's a success story about i mean connecting it's very positive yeah griffin park was sort of isolated mm-hmm. as was so i grew up here and i just always remember you know driving by and it just was sad it just mm-hmm. was kind of right there in the middle and i don't know it, it was really it made me feel sad when i would go by and see that so good good news Speaking of housing. Oh, my goodness. That's a big part of our podcast today, isn't it? Yeah. So we um, we have a new section in the paper. We last Over the past several years, we've been publishing real estate statistics. And as many of you probably know, they really haven't been changing a whole lot. Um, it's just kind of been much of the same. So we thought it would be kind of neat to bring some of our realtor advertisers, um, their, you know, local experts to, you know, have them kind of give us, you know, what they're seeing right now in a the market. A breakdown of the statistics. Yeah. Like we saw the statistics month to month and I, they they changed over years, but just right. reading this month to the month, monthly didn't, stats didn't really put it in the context. Yeah. So we wanted to hear from realtors, like, what are you seeing? Boots on the ground. Um, and so we had our first column um, written by Becky Driesback. She works with Ann Rogers Realty Group, and their whole office kind of worked together to to get together the information. Um, but it's it's you know it's just still a crazy time in real estate. And Becky thought it'd be a good idea to post what the biggest questions that they get that realtors get today. And one of the biggest ones is, are things going to change? You know, is there going to be a big bust like we had back in 07, 08? And it really does not look that way. We're Right now, we're dealing with a supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many people are moving here every day, and there are so few houses for sale. Um, to give you just kind of an, a, a visual, if you will, in our coverage area, the, the zip codes that we mail to, it's 32801, 32803, 04, and 06. There are 40,412 homes. Like single family homes. Well, condos and homes. Places for people to live. Residences. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, does that count apartment units um, or no? No. Like, okay. Yeah, where people yeah. homes. And then, um, so that's 40,000. And out of all four zip codes, there are only 119 properties for sale. I mean, that's just kind of crazy to think about. Like if you're moving here and let's just say you're in the price range of, you know, between three hundred dollars and $400,000, um, which now in Orlando, that's kind of, you know, average. average. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if you, if you are in that price range, there are only 18 properties in that price range for, in all for four you, of those zip in all codes. four of those zip codes wow so yeah and from your experience that's low very low very and it was low. it was forty four thousand total or forty thousand forty thousand four hundred yeah yeah so that's like uh point point three percent yeah it's uh, tough. are for sale which is you know a lot of people all these new apartments that are being built everywhere and people you see online 
people complaining about it and, you know, they're never going to fill up. Well, I think this is why they are filling up because people, they have to move here for work. They sell their house. They can't find a new one. So their only option is to rent mm-hmm. an apartment. Yeah. Like the people that talking about the yard, they were like, oh, what's the, is the yard fully occupied? And it is. They're at like 90 Absolutely. plus percent. Yeah. And people have problems believing that. But I mean... Because of the pricing, but yeah, yeah, this is what we're at. And there's a demand for apartments, not just the folks waiting to get into a house, but you have many younger people, single folks or younger couples without children who don't want to buy. They don't know how long they're going to be here. They want to rent. You also have empty nesters without the kids who no longer want to maintain a home or a yard. They would prefer to rent an apartment, Mm -hmm. too. So demand is just skyrocketing for both types of housing. Well, I've lived in an apartment on Colonial and Orange for about two years now, and my lease was ending, and they offered me a renewal, and it was $200 more than my current Mm. rent. Mm. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And that's not just the apartments being greedy it's supply and demand they Mm -hmm. know that they can do it they can get it and the hard the saddest thing for me to see as just having watched my kids you know buy buy homes and just i'm a realtor as well it's so much cheaper your mortgage payment on a three hundred thousand dollar loan is so much less than what you would have been paying for your one bedroom apartment but you can't get anything. <laughs> so even though it'd be cheaper, you know, as can't far as the it. monthly payment goes, you just, you can't find it. And so, um, yeah, it's crazy out there right now, but it, it was neat to, to read. You guys can read more about this in, in the February edition or, or online, but, um, just to kind of hear from a realtor's perspective, um, what they're seeing and, and in the industry, what, everyone believes in mortgage in the mortgage industry real estate industry is prices are not going to come down again supply and demand people keep Mm -hmm. moving here as interest rates go up things might calm down a little bit but there's no indication that we're going to start going backwards Mm. so i don't know i don't that's not bringing very good news but (laughs) well it makes for an interesting trend talking about transportation and the highways that not only are people moving downtown so there's less need for the highways Mm -hmm. now that remote work is much more acceptable and many more people are doing it moving out to the suburbs a little bit more is a little easier if i don't have to drive downtown right five Mm -hmm. days a week then maybe I can live in Sanford or DeBerry or south of Orlando somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's, That's been the concern across the country. But uh, the statistics tell us that people actually would prefer to be living close to the amenities. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so even despite the pandemic, they're continuing to move to the downtown area. And Orlando's a great example. Less, less people coming in and out for work. Though. That's the right. benefit. Yeah. That's the benefit. You can walk to your office if you're working at an office, but otherwise you're working from home. But you can walk to the Amway Center, to the Dr. Phillips Center, to the soccer stadium. All the things you want to go do and see are right there. And that the the commuting in and out of downtown in like the 70s and 80s was like a reason why Orange Avenue and Magnolia Avenue are, are four-way, mm-hmm. one-way streets, mm-hmm. four-lane, one-way streets, which is... Yeah, not people very pedestrian friendly. Yeah, that this was, was all about desire. funneling people yep. in downtown during the morning and out at night. So 
it's interesting. And they're they're we wrote about well, almost a year or two ago about how they're looking at reconfiguring Orange Avenue and Magnolia into two-way streets, mm-hmm. which I think would help pedestrians and businesses. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And with more professional jobs coming downtown, I think a lot, um, again, this is driving prices up because people are, you know, at a lot of these jobs, they make a lot of money and they can afford to pay more. And um, so that's kind of a part of driving the prices up too. So the real estate market update isn't a monthly column, but we are doing it probably quarterly or so. Yeah, yeah. Just to, um, yeah, to kind of check in yeah, from get time a, to time. I'm I love excited. the analysis of it. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it for episode 24. Hope you guys will grab a copy of the February edition if you don't get it in the mail. If you'd like to get it in the mail, you can sign up for a subscription on our website at yourcommunitypaper.com. And we will see you next time. All right. Toodaloo. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Community Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the Community Paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Jorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. So are you going to say, can you say it? Which part? Welcome to... No, I'll say that part. And then can you say the um, generation yeah. part? Yeah. You're just so much better at it than... Oh, no. Can. I mean, I just have more practice. You're going to get there. Okay. Welcome to the... Commu- <laughs> yeah, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs>